Hello, I'm Tara Ruckman. And I'm Stephanie Howe, and we are Control the Chaos EDU. Are you burnout? Are you feeling frustrated or overwhelmed? Or maybe it's the opposite, and you're a go-getter and want to level up. Then it's time to dive in with real talk and solution-focused conversations. Hello, and welcome to today's Control the Chaos Conversation. Today, we're going to be talking about visuals. And no, this is not coming from my side of special education. This is coming from the side of visuals for all students. So if you are a person that thinks visuals are special education or for ELL learners, we're here to bust that myth today. So let's get started in talking about why visuals are important for all learners, not just students, not just students with English language learning difficulties, but for all students. So number one, the why of visuals. They make communication quicker and simpler, right? 90% of learners are visual of information transfer transmitted to the brain is visual. Did you know that? I mean, that's a pretty, pretty high percentage. And visuals are processed by your brain 60 times faster than just your auditory processing. So take that when we provide that visual, our brain is processing those visuals much faster than it is if we are hearing, if we're just listening. Um, and our brain can see the images, um, 36,000 visual images every hour the eye can register. Those are very, very high numbers. See, visuals, they're for all students, right? Because our brain processes them much faster. The number two why is they help us store information longer. Images have that quick, simple, effective way of being stored in your memory. Our short-term memory processes words, um, our images process into the long-term memory much more quickly than if you had to repeat words over and over again. So that's, it. I think it also depends on if you have that interactive learning piece when you're going with your, with your information, but those images are going to store in the long-term memory a lot faster than will if it's just auditory. Um, it aids in better comprehension. This is a good one. I'm going to talk about this one. It drives motivation since that's really a part of um, positive reinforcement, right? And it acts as a stimulator for your emotions. So anybody ever just see 
an image or look at a picture and feel like they feel something from it without even words. Maybe you see a picture of something uh, like a flower and, and maybe that flower is your favorite flower and it evokes like happy emotions versus just hearing the word flower. Or maybe you see the picture of a sunset and you makes you get all warm and fuzzy inside. But the point is, is you can see a picture and the picture is going to instantly provoke some emotions in you quicker than the words are going to. You might be able to see one picture and instantly feel emotions where it might take you many words in a description of something to maybe feel that emotion. So driving motivation is also one. Students could see something and they might think, oh, I really want that picture. I, or I really want that prize. Or I really want whatever it is. So maybe you hold up a picture or a visual of a package of Sour Patch Kids. And you, and that might be the prize to win for whoever finish their assignment first or stays in their seat or whatever behavioral thing you might be working towards. Just that picture and that visual of the item without any words could be a motivator for a person. Um, so last not but not least is, you know, one of the whys is um, sometimes for us, just simply understanding um, heavy topics and things that have more vocabulary can be integrated into diagrams and pictures, maybe math diagrams. I know there's a lot of visuals now in learning math. Um, so using that as an example, you know, base 10 things for little kids, but they have those visuals of addition and subtraction um, and many different things can help them understand a concept um, that might be difficult for a, a student at the time. So there's many reasons why. So it's not students with special needs. It's not language English language learners. It is all students. And here is the why of our podcast today. Yeah, and I think too, when it comes to visuals, there's a lot of research that shows that learning styles are actually not a thing. And I think that's hard to kind of come by and think about, but I used to really believe in learning styles and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a visual learner, you know? And and what has kind of happened is actually we need to provide our students a multi-sensory approach. So not just focusing on visuals, we're actually also adding audio, our voices to those directions. And so when we're thinking about that, um, dual coding is a term that has a lot of research behind it. And when it comes to dual coding, what it is, is it is written out directions 
with images. So it's not just for students to only have images, only have words, it's, it's combining them together. And that, if you're able to combine multi-sensory, um, where you're having a, students be interactive, where you're having students listen, where you're having students um, read, where you're having students see pictures and visuals, you're going to be able to provide a stronger learning environment for all of your students, rather than really focusing on one learning style. So thinking about all of those different modalities of ways that you can present information, try to include as many um, senses as possible when you are trying to explain that new learning to your students. So visuals, again, they can help with directions. Um, and they can also help with transitions. So a lot of language that I've been using with my son, AJ, is like, first do this and then do that. But if we're able to provide a visual to help with that, our students will know the agenda for the day. First, we're going to do this activity, then we're going to do this. And your transitions between activities should be a lot smoother and there should be less classroom management issues. Also, when you're explaining concepts, um, vocab words, when you're able to provide an image so the students can see it, uh, it can really help. And one of the strategies that I really like to use as well is video. Okay, so images are in videos too. And so maybe you teach your students a new vocabulary word and you're kind of talking it out, you're explaining the definition, they're seeing the definition, but then you see that vocab word in a video and now they see all of these images, they see it in context, they can see an example of it being used. Then they're going to have a more concrete understanding of that vocabulary word. Whereas to if you just kind of introduce the word to the student and that was about it. So again, think about how you can incorporate these visuals into vocabulary, into agendas, into um, any activity that you're doing, because when you're able to have a multi-sensory approach, you're going to have uh, stronger classroom management, but also stronger learning as well. Yeah, and I think what you said about the dual modality, thinking about that, multi-sensory choice boards are very effective if you use choice boards in your classroom. I think just providing them that's option of maybe they want a podcast link. Um, they have to choose each, right? So they have a podcast link. They have, maybe they have to watch a, vi a video or review some slides. Maybe they role play the skit or maybe they play a game. So now we have the auditory between podcast and audio and that um, visual that's with it is watching a video or reviewing the slides. So when you talk about that multi-sensory piece and adding those visuals in, maybe when you're creating your this and that boards or creating your choice boards or whatever you provide for a student, maybe it's um, uh, a roadmap, but within those things, you're actually adding some of those visuals in there. So maybe they're looking at a research article, but maybe they're also um, reviewing um, some, some type of visual as well with, within the research article or next to the research article. So how does it look and how does it sound? Um, and maybe what does it say? 
So lots of ways to maybe incorporate some of those visuals in your classroom. As you said, directions, explaining concepts, choice boards we can add in. Um, you know, we joke sometimes as educators about using the papers around our room, chart papers, but really having students maybe create their own um, and having chart paper around and having interaction and visuals on chart paper. So many ways to then incorporate those visuals within your lesson, because they can also be a part of creating those visuals as well. It doesn't, doesn't just have to be you creating the visuals, depending on what age level you are. Um, visuals are also making sure that they are posted around the building. So one of the things we use visuals for is expectations. Well, it's great that we have the rules up on the wall outside of the kindergarten and first grade bathroom, but if the rules are written and we don't have every student reading, then the visuals are going to be ineffective. So making sure that our visuals then have pictures or vocabulary enough for the student to understand. Because I think I can think of some of our schools that we have around. We have for PBIS the rules outside every bathroom, but not every bathroom a student can read those signs in our elementary schools. So what do those visuals look like? And are they at a level of understanding? So those particular visuals have words in it, correct? But um, are they at the level of understanding of the student? So we want to make sure that when we are creating the visuals and talking about putting visuals in places, that um, all students can understand them. And how do we create these visuals? So there's a couple different ways now that we've talked about the why and what they might be used for, the how, how do we create them? So some of my favorite places is going to Canva. Um, you as an educator have a free Canva account and you can find a template and you can create a visual really quickly. So again, if it's directions going, go to Canva, create it and then project it up on your screen or post it into your learning management system. Another thing is just Google Slides. A lot of times I will go in, create a table, and it's just step one, step two, step three. And then I like to go to flat icon and grab some icons or images uh, just to add to the slides to help those students follow along. And again, have your students create, have them doodle, have them, when it comes to vocabulary, have them get on a Google slide, write the vocabulary word, write the definition in their own words, and have them pull up a photo from Google or have them find a video where it's explaining the vocabulary word in context or have the students draw it. It doesn't always have to be digital as well. You can hand write or draw if you are a very good sketch note drawer. I am not, but you could actually create your own visuals on a blank piece of paper where you're going over each of the different steps um, with your students. So take that extra time to just create a visual to go along with your directions because again, it's going to save you uh, a lot of not headaches um, when it comes to teaching and just kind of going over expectations with your students. 
Yeah. Um, one last thing. What are our roadblocks when we talk about creating visuals? What are some of the roadblocks we have discussed when we talk about creating visuals? I think one of them is time, right? Mm -hmm. um, thinking about, oh, I don't have time to make visuals for all of our lessons. So thinking with that in terms of that, how can you work with your team? So if you have other, say, I'm a sixth grade teacher or I'm a first grade teacher, um, there's, there's plenty of teachers out there that already have those tools that you could share. Um, Canva already has many pre-made visuals that you could go in and modify that might already be done for you, thinking about the topic that you're on. So that could be a time saver is those pre-made visuals in Canva. Surf in the web, um, plenty and plenty of visuals for, for our special education people. There are programs out there that have visuals already pre-made. So there's plenty of programs out there that maybe if you just find just a couple of what you're looking for, that you don't have to spend the time making them yourself, but there's already pre-made visuals out there because I think that's one of our biggest roadblocks is I don't have the time to make visuals for every lesson. So where can I find them? So those are just a couple places. I know Unique Learning System for Special Education has some. Um, if you don't have Unique Learning System, Again, Canva is a big one that already has pre-made visuals. Um, so there's plenty of places out there and collaboration, always collaboration. If you go to Twitter, you might find many already pre-made things that people have posted on Twitter. Stephanie has a ton of things that she has on her um on her Twitter that can be used as visuals as well for games or different things that you might be creating. So I know that we always are thinking as educators, uh, now you want me to make visuals. I already have this curriculum to teach. I have that curriculum to teach. I have to fit iReady into my schedule. I have to fit this letters training into my schedule and all of the above. And now you want me to make visuals. No, you don't have to make them all. Just know that there are resources out there of already pre-created visuals. You just take a little time to find those resources and you'll be ready to go. And maybe they might not have all of them, but then again, use that as a collaboration point with your teams to talk about where you're getting those visuals from and who has them for that particular lesson. So roadblock averted resources are out there. Yeah. So make sure you kind of think about how can I explain this concept to my students using all of those different multi-sensory approaches and able to really help my students understand. And I think when you do try to add all of these different activities or visuals, it can, again, it can help with not just classroom management, but it can actually make that learning be transferred into other areas as well. Um, so for this week, your call to action is to create a visual, share it with us, share it on social media, tag us, um, because we would love to see your visuals and just to kind of see what are you creating and 
and what does that look like? And make sure you also like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. And until next time, control the chaos. Thanks for listening to Control the Chaos EDU. Check out the description for show notes. We look forward to connecting with you on social media. Subscribe to the weekly podcast so you never miss an episode. Control the chaos until next time.